Thank you for joining me for this teaching from Pennington AG Church. Today we'll be talking about the Psalms of Lament as a model for our prayer life. We are into our second week of a series we are calling Praying the Psalms, where we are taking all of our complicated emotions, feelings, experiences, and looking to the biblical model of the Psalms on how we bring them into the presence of God. In that, we are looking at five types of Psalms, and scholars and and biblical experts disagree on how to categorize the Psalms, but for the purposes of this teaching, we are looking at a model that sees them in five categories. Wisdom Psalms, where we learn and we come into God's presence and ask him to correct and change us. Lament Psalms, where we bring in our sorrow and pain. Imprecatory Psalms, where we ask God to respond in justice towards pain and hurt. Royal Psalms, where we recognize God's royalty and then hopefully for us, look towards the coming Messiah in Jesus. And then fifth, Psalms of Thanksgiving. You can look back last week and see Psalms of Wisdom in our introduction to the series. Today we are talking about Psalms of Lament. How do we process our sorrow, our grief, our frustration or disillusionment with how the world is turning out personally and globally? How do we bring those before God who we believe is good and all-powerful? How do we process those feelings together? First thing to understand as we talk about this is the tradition that I come from in evangelical Christian circles, particularly Pentecostal or charismatic, where we believe God answers prayers and does dramatic signs and wonders and works through his people in dramatic signs. We struggle with this aspect of lament because To recognize lament or sorrow, frustration, sadness with the way the world is sometimes feels like we are letting down the character of God as good. God's good and he always gives good things. And so talking about our lament sometimes feels maybe guilty or like we're letting down the faith or the hope. And in this, hopefully I want to also encourage you that to lament is to be human. To have sorrow and frustration is to be a sinful, broken person in a sinful, broken world serving a righteous and loving God. In fact, scholars say between one-third and two-thirds of the Psalms, we can say probably easily around 45% of the Psalms, are in the category of lament. They are lament Psalms or lament prayers, lament songs. To that end... Back when we sung hymns, there was a research done that showed only about 13% of all hymns in a hymn book were lament. So 45% of the Psalms, 13% of hymn books. My guess can be in the last 40 years or so, modern choruses, we have probably done an even worse job of embracing this aspect of sorrow in our prayer lives. I can even recall coming into one or two Good Friday services where we were so fixated on moving into Easter and the celebration and the joy that we rushed through the sorrow of Jesus Christ suffering and dying. We need to embrace being whole people. And as we look at the model of the lament prayers, the encouragement is to be whole people. When we don't lament, it doesn't make the painful things of the world go away. They're still there. It just means that we forget about them. We forget how to process them. We forget that there are other people suffering through them in real time all around us. To lament is to engage with the entirety of who we are 
to lament is to engage with the entirety of the human existence as we suffer and struggle. To lament is to engage with the character of our God who is righteous and good and loving and has sorrow over the sinful, broken nature and aspects of humanity and the world that we live in. To lament is to engage with all three of those, ourselves, each other, and the character of our God who's looking down on this world with compassion. In looking at this, I wanted to pull out some uh, just concrete teaching before we go into our psalm that will be our model today, which will be Psalm 22. I think uh, scholar in N.T. Wright and his community has five good teachings on lament. Lament scripturally, lament historically. And so before we look at the psalm specifically, I want to just give out these five teachings. We'll walk this together. Five things to know about lament, the biblical concept of lament. Number one, lament is a form of praise. Lament is not complaining. Lament is praise. It's sorrow over things not up to God's standard and coming into his character. Complaint is complaining and not trusting God to do what he's promised to do. A complaint is an accusation against God that maligns his character. But a lament is an appeal to God based on confidence in his character. Exodus 16 and 17 are an Old Testament example of complaint. God's people, the Israelites, he rescued them out of Egypt, 10 plagues through the Red Sea. They're now in the desert and they're complaining that there's not enough bread, meat, and water in order to eat and exist on. And they say at one point, God is a a bad God. He tricked us. He just brought us out here to die and punish us. They're complaining and they're maligning the character of God. A complaint is putting God on trial. A lament is recognizing our pain and then coming to our Heavenly Father and trusting his character to understand as well as be our solution. So a lament is an act of praise. We're coming before God, trusting his character with our pain. Number two, lament is proof of the relationship. It's proof that we trust God enough to bring our pain to him. Like a good heavenly father, when we scrape our knee or when someone's been mean to us on the school grounds, we come before him with our hurts and our vulnerabilities. We bring before God our suffering and struggle because we trust him with it. It proves the relationship that I can be vulnerable before my God. Number three, lament is a pathway to intimacy with God. Modern attachment theory argues that we can continue to build our strong attachments to one another through repeated acts of vulnerability and coming before them again. Moments of lament are opportunities to reinforce our attachment to the creator God who made us and loves us. It's a moment of choosing to lean in or lean out. Lamenting is leaning in, telling God how you feel, your sorrow, your struggle, your disappointment is leaning into him. Burying it and acting like it doesn't exist is leaning away from his presence. The first five books of the Bible are called the law, the Pentateuch. They are God's words to his people, his law, his advice. The Psalms can be broken up into five categories and it's five ways of responding back to God. It's building that relationship again. Fourth, lament is a prayer for God to act. It's not just venting. It's not just you the dashboard of your car shouting out so that you feel better cathartically afterwards. 
in lamenting prayer, there's an expectation that God's going to do something, that God cares and will respond to the prayers that you're offering. The Hebrew word for hear appears 79 times in the lament psalms. And so, God, hear me. Hear this and respond. Do something with what I'm going through. The expectation that God is going to solve it, answer it, or respond to it is inherent in lament prayers, expecting God to do something. Tom Wright says this about it. When we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, then somehow God is praying within us for the pain around us. Jesus teaches us to pray like this, that God, your kingdom come. God, change this. Paul begins most of his letters with a prayer around his theology of expecting God to do something and respond. Last, number five, lament is a participation in the pain of others. Lament is to embrace others' pain as well. We may be teaching through this, walking through Psalm 22 today, and you may be in a very real state of pain, suffering, or confusion and frustration of your life, and you may be like, yep, I'm all in on this lamenting. Let's go. I got all these feelings. You may not be at that stage of your life. You may be at a comfortable stage or a Thanksgiving stage, and lamenting may not be emotionally where you are. In practicing lament regularly, it invites others' pain into our journey as well. I may not have something personally to lament over, but I can lament over things like injustice. I can lament over things like human suffering, poverty, loss, struggle, trial of others globally and in my community. Much of lamenting in scripture is about joining in with the sorrow of others and God's sorrow for the suffering of his people globally. Lament is not only for the suffering, but lament is solidarity with the suffering. We see this as the juncture point highlight of what we believe as followers of Jesus, that Jesus Christ lamented by taking on our suffering. He took on our suffering, felt our pain, brought our pain and suffering before God on the cross himself. It wasn't his pain to bear, it was ours that he then processed through the cross and released in the grave. We love our neighbor when we bring the substance of their pain into ourselves by lamenting it. This is what Jesus does on the cross. And I say this to lead into the psalm we're going to be studying today. We're going to be looking at Psalm 22. Not the entirety of the whole psalm, because it's about 30 verses. We're going to be looking at the first 20 verses of it. And I chose it today because this is the lament psalm that Jesus Christ himself prayed when he was on the cross suffering for our sins. Psalm 22, verse 1. You will recognize this by Jesus, some of his final words on the cross. He says, Psalm 22, verse 1, a psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Psalm 22 begins with the most anguished cry in all of human history. You may know it as, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God, why have you abandoned me in this moment of need? These are the words that Jesus took on his lips at his death and suffering on the cross. His suffering was unique at that point as he offered himself up for the sins of all mankind. 
And so we have a tendency to see his cry on the cross as uniquely Jesus. That's just Jesus felt this, Jesus expressed this. But he's quoting from a psalm written hundreds of years before that moment. A psalm written by a human being processing their own individual pain. And while, yes, Jesus' suffering on the cross is transcendent, it's not something you or I can do or will do, the idea of suffering and asking the question of God, are you with me in my suffering, is something every human goes through at some points or multiple, multiple points throughout our lives. This psalm begins with a section dominated by this agonizing prayer offered by David and then quoted from Jesus. David is expressing in the first place his own experience of feeling abandoned by God. For David, it's because of trials that he has brought on himself. His own failings and foolishness and pride and sexual hunger have brought him into situations where he says, God, are you still with me? It's not as much an accusation as much as an uh, reflection on his own unworthiness. God, are you going to be with me in this? I know I don't deserve it. Are you here for it? We see in the psalm, David uses several phrases for where his suffering is coming from. There's enemies surrounding him. We see this later. And his body is in an intense amount of pain, suffering as well. But the depth of this and the reason it begins here is that at the heart of it, is his fear that God is not with him. And as we lament together, as we practice this prayer, let's speak to a human truth. The most dreadful pain a human can experience is not physical, but relational. It's asking the question, do I matter to anyone? This is one of the hardest questions for us to process. Does somebody care? Do people care about me? Is my life valued? Do I have meaning to who I am? Does anybody care? And at the depth of this question, for those of us that believe in a God who is powerful and good, is a theological question. Does God care? Does my creator know me and value my life? Is he with me, care for me, and love me? This is a very real question. And in moments of darkness and suffering in our life, we may get to the point where we ask that question, God, are you still with me here? This is not just the experience of David. It is the experience of all God's people face when we're in terrible trouble. We wonder how our loving father can stand idly by while we suffer. At the core of the prayer of lament is the question, God, do you care? This is the core of lamenting prayer, is we're asking God, God, do you care? Do you care about this suffering? God, do you care about where I am? Are you in this with me? Yet, we will see in the model of lament, even in the depth of despair, as David is praying, God, are you even with me? Do you care? Have you abandoned me? We still see throughout the prayer that David believes his God is there, his God is real, his God is powerful. Notice he uses the language, my God, not a God, the God. He's still, even in his lament, is acknowledging, you are still my God, even as I ask these hard questions. Let's see it in Psalm verses 3 and 5 of this chapter. David writes, Yet you are holy, entrusted on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. 
They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. In lamenting psalms, in a lament prayer, even in the midst of our anguish, we remember God's past faithfulness. We remember, I may be in a really bad place, but I've seen historically men and women in really tough spots that God has gotten them through. And a prayer of lament is a reminder of God's character. This is what differentiates it from complaining, is the recognition that, God, your character I know is good. I'm not blaming you for this, and I'm not saying that you don't care. I am reminding you of your character in the midst of my suffering. And I'm reminding myself of your character as well. God, this looks pretty hopeless, but I remember you coming through for other people in hopeless situations. I can read about and see that when the Israelites were faced between the Red Sea and an army, you parted that sea and led them through. When Abraham was on top of a mountain about to sacrifice his son, you provided a ram. And when humanity was suffering most, you came and you put on flesh, you lived among us, you took our sins onto yourself on the cross, and you conquered death itself through the resurrection. In a lamenting prayer, right, we ask God if he cares. And the second thing we do, we remember what God has done for his people. We remember that he has done this in the past. While in my suffering, I remember what you've done. This is what regular Bible reading is about. The daily office, our quiet time, is about studying the story of who people have experienced God to be so that when we are suffering, we can see what others have done and have experienced of him historically, scripturally, and in our tradition. God, I've seen you do this for someone else. Okay, I believe you can see me through this. As the author of Ecclesiastes is often right when he says, there is nothing new under the sun. My experience has been experienced before, and God, you got them through it. You will bring me through it as well. David remembers the past cares God has shown to his people. And then we now see David also remembers, and God, you've been pretty good to me too. Psalm 22, verses 9 and 10. He writes, Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb, and you led me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth, and you have been my God from the moment I was born. In this moment, we remind ourselves not just of what God has done historically, but now we remember what God has done for us. Remember what God has done for you. In a prayer of lament, begin by laying out your sorrows, asking God, are you with me in this? Then pray through what God has done for others. Now pray through what God has done for you. Think about the goodness in your life. Make a gratitude list in your time of lamenting. When I was in youth group and I was a teenager, we did a spiritual exercise at the beginning of every youth group for years. Before we did anything else, played a game, were taught, did worship, they made us eat funky stuff. Before we did any of that, he would go around, my youth pastor, and make all of us name one good thing God had done in our lives that week. And you can imagine angsty teenagers would be like, mm, nothing, he didn't do anything. And if you couldn't think of anything, he would give a ridiculous example of like, was your car crushed by a tree this week? And you'd be like, no. And he'd be like, praise God, that's awesome. Did a bird fly over and poop on your head? And you'd be like, no. And he'd be like, praise God, that's awesome. We have so much more 
that we can thank God about his faithfulness in our lives than we do to complain about and have sorrow over. Yes, even in the moments of our deepest suffering, we can still look back and see where God has been faithful. In a prayer of lament, we acknowledge that even in our current suffering, that is not the only experience with God we have had, we will ever have, or will see in the grand scope of the work we are a part of. Remember what God has done for you. Bring him into your suffering and acknowledge that your life is more than this current situation. Okay, so we ask God why. We remember the past and then we remember what he's done for us. But then the psalm shifts around, right? Then we see some some craziness. He goes back and forth and back and forth. He's upset and then he has faith and then he's upset and he has faith. Psalm 22 verse 6, he says, But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Psalm 22, verse 12, he says, My enemies surround me like a herd of bull. Psalm 22, verse 14, My life is poured out like water. My heart is like wax. Psalm 22, verse 17, I can count all of my bones. If you've ever read a Psalm of David or seen his story in 1 and 2 Samuel, you will know that David is pretty poetic and he's pretty emotional in how he talks about his life. You can, I can count my bones at this moment. We see a pattern in Psalms of Lament that emotions vacillate. They go back and forth. We're really upset and then we have a moment of faith. And then we're upset again and we have a moment of faith again. God, I am a worm, but I trust in your power. My enemies surround me like a herd of bull, but you're the great bull rider. I can count all of my bones, but you raise bones from the dirt. It's this back and forth feeling. When you are praying in your suffering, even when you're pushing yourself to have faith, we do this. We go back and forth. We have faith and then we fall apart. And then we have faith and we have fall apart. Let the prayer of lament, let Psalm 22 be a guiding force to you that that's okay. It's okay. You make progress, you slip back. You make some progress, you fall again, you get back up. Except in the process of a lament, that your emotions will wander. Accept that you're an emotional being and your emotions will fly all over the place. That is a part of the process. But the goal is not to give up in the midst of the process as messy as it may be, but is to bring our emotions to God and allow him to remind us in our pain of who he is. We see this in Psalm 22 verse 19. David writes, O Lord, do not stay far away. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. There is a tenacity in a lament prayer. A tenacity that says, while this isn't an easy prayer to offer, while I don't feel like doing this at the time, I am going to press into it. I am going to continue forward into it. I am going to do the work of bringing my heart out before God. To care is not to give up. We talk about love and sometimes we say that anger or hatred is the opposite of love, but they're not the opposite of love. Apathy is the opposite of love. It's to stop caring. It's to stop feeling. It's to stop seeing any of this world, the people in our lives, our own lives as mattering or having any specific importance. It's to say, well, yeah, it's bad, but what does it matter? I'll just move on. Yeah, I don't know if God is good, but does it even matter? I'm moving on. To lament is to say, this matters. And God, I believe that you believe that this matters. 
You believe my life matters. You believe my suffering matters. You believe that all of your creation matters. And to lament along with others is to say their lives matter. Their suffering matters. And it matters to God. Don't mistake in your anger and sorrow, in your lament that you are far from God. You are not. You're hurting, you're suffering, but you're not far from God's presence. We are often most close to his presence when we are emotionally in pain and suffering. Do not give up. This brings us to the final aspect of a lamenting prayer. And that is, as David shows us, don't give up. Don't give up in this aspect of how you feel and where you are in life. To lament is to continue to try, to continue to care, to continue to persist in a life of faith. It is to say, it may be hard to do this right now, but God, I'm going to do it with you. And I'm going to trust that your plan is bigger than this. And I'm going to trust that your character is good enough for this. This Psalm of David is quoted by Jesus on the cross and not for any accidental reason, but as the ultimate expression of the process of lament. That God sees all of the suffering we go through and bring to him in the process of lamenting and that he suffers along with us. He suffers along with us in the cross. Your pain and loss and frustration is felt by Jesus in his final moments on the cross. Jesus prays a prayer of lament himself while hanging on the cross, while dying for our sins. Jesus asks the question that we ask. He feels the feelings we feel in those moments. He says, God, are you with me in this? Have you left me in this moment? I have felt the weight of the world's sins and God, do you care? Are you in this with me? We can pray in a prayer of lament. God, remind me how much you have cared by showing me what you have done for your people through Jesus Christ. God, remind me of the goodness of Jesus, the generosity of his life, the power of his death, the goodness of his resurrection. Remind me of what you have done for all of us. And then in my lament, God, remind me of what Jesus has meant to me, where you've called me and drawn me out, saved me, restored me, healed me in the process and then work out your salvation by being real with God in the process of discovering Jesus and bringing your hurts to him. The prayer of lamentation is not a prayer that we offer only when life is hard, but it is the prayer of living life. Of God, I trust you, but it doesn't look like entirely what you've promised me. But I trust that you're good. And I trust that one day you will return and you will make all things perfect and righteous and whole in your loving presence. John Calvin, in his commentary on Psalm 22, concludes that there is a sense of being forsaken from God in all of us. It is not rare for the believer to pray a prayer like this. It is a regular and frequent struggle of all of us. He writes, there is not one of the godly who does not daily experience in himself the same thing. According to the judgment of the flesh, he thinks he is cast off and forsaken by God, while yet he apprehends by faith the grace of God, which is hidden from the eye of sense and reason. 
You may think in this moment of your life that God doesn't care. You may think in this moment God's not good and working in your life. I will challenge you, this is the exact time for the lament prayer in your life. God, remind me of what you've done. Remind me of where you've been for me. And God, answer my prayer when I call out to you, are you in this? Are you still good? Where are you moving in my life? And persist through those questions in prayer. Persist, push, be vulnerable before God in the prayer of lament. You may be watching this and you may not have a relationship with God. Maybe you're in a really tough time yourself right now. And I wanna give you an opportunity to invite the goodness of God into your life through his son, Jesus Christ. One prayer, it can be a prayer of lament. God, are you with me? And in Christ Jesus, God will say, absolutely, I am. And he will give you the presence of his spirit through Christ Jesus. Pray this with me right now. God, in this moment, I'm just lamenting. I'm asking questions. I'm struggling or frustrated. And I'm praying, are you with me? Are you here? Are you real? God, will you show me your realness in Christ Jesus? I want to know you, Jesus. I want to know your goodness and grace. I want to know your love and mercy. In this moment, offer this prayer. God, I believe you came to the earth in Christ Jesus. You lived as God and man on this earth. You took my sin and shame onto the cross. You died in my place. You were buried in the ground. And on the third day, you rose from the grave, conquered death and sin to live eternally and to rule heaven and earth. You gave your life for me. In this moment, I commit my life to follow you. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I encourage you to join us for the entirety of this series as we encourage you to be processing all of who you are through the biblical model of prayer in the Psalms. Thank you for joining me for this teaching from Pennington AG Church.